There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Space Trash, Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. I am Sarah Starmore, a.k.a. Sarah Armour. It's my real name. Follow me on everything. Back for another bonus episode with our good friend. If you are a fan of the Moonule, you know where you love her. Desi Handel, a la Psycho Sunday. Welcome, Desi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. I mean, we have we haven't been this professional in maybe ever. Never. I've actually graduated. This is like graduating with an MBA for me right now. This is yeah. This is business. yeah. Totally. This is you're now a counselor at Camp Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lifelong dream. Thank That's you. That's right. I knew, I knew that was always it was on your vision board. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get into the astrology of Elizabeth Holmes today because you know Desi and I are both here. You can't see us. We are both here in our Department of Criminal Astrology sweatshirts, and that is something that I think we connected on early. We are both obsessed with criminals and we love crime, but before potentially be criminals, but we'll get well, into that don't, on yeah, like Sunday. We're, we're, we're criminals, but yeah, we save that for the psycho that we do. <laughs> but what I want to just tell you first is there's something sort of criminal that happened here. So if you guys are fans of the pod, you know that I've had sort of a lizard situation. And last week I, I, you know, I locked three lizards in the bathroom for them to die or whatever. Right. So just now I peeked into the bathroom to see what was going on. And I found one dead lizard, one of the three, one of the three belly up in the shower. Right. So I was like, okay, great. My plan is working. They're just going to die here. And then I can just like sweep them up. And, and actually today I was like, I'm kind of excited. I think per Amanda, your suggestion, remember last year when I burned the the lizard, I was like, I'll just burn the lizard as a ritual on the moon. You'll open the door to the bathroom. I was grabbing my earrings and I was like, let me just check on our little, on our little cadaver for tonight. Like we're going to burn that shit. The dead lizard is gone. It was playing dead. I have no idea. Or his family came to get him so they could properly. That's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like th- they must still be in there and they like dragged him away. But then it's like, where's the burial happening? It's, it's, it's the bathroom <laughs> doesn't even have a tub. You didn't this get an crazy. invite to the funeral. Are you mad? Right. I'm just like, I'm panicked. Like, and then I'm like, well, could it have like evaporated? Like it was a, it was a no. baby. Like what the fuck happened to the, to the dead lizard? That's crazy. I mean, oh, clearly there was somebody removed something, something removed it. It like, but it had to be another one of the lizards. There's nobody else in this house but me. No I cat, specifically have not gone into the-, the bathroom. Hmm. Has there been a cat in the house? No, I've been a really good girl, and the, my cat friend stays outside. Wow, that's so interesting, Sarah. Isn't that upsetting? Like, where's 
fucking lizard, bro. I'm shook. I'm fucking shook. So yeah, I was going to do a performative lizard burning on the moon. tonight for the Pisces full moon. And I uh, disappeared. Another mystery that we'll have to unpack for another day, I suppose. But that's wow, how that really update. Me, that really makes me think that maybe it was playing dead. It could hear you coming and it got scared. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Are they that smart? Well, animals play dead by instinct. Oh, it's, it's not a matter of they don't, you know, they don't analyze the situation and then choose, you know, of five. So he like just he rolled onto his back and he held his breath. Like, I don't understand. I would assume that's what playing dead looks like. <laughs> Got me. Got me. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that's what I just wanted to tell everybody. I don't know where the lizard is. It fucked with me. Anyway, welcome to the deep dive of the astrology of Elizabeth Holmes. And of course, I had to look into her partner in crime, literally Sonny Balwani. So for anybody that is not up on the case, Desi, you want to give us like a fill in or what, what do you know about the case? How are you? Have you been as obsessed with it as me? Okay, so this is actually such an interesting thing to come across at this moment. I remember back in the day, six years ago, when she was on the... Is it her? Yeah. When she was on, I remember about six years ago when Elizabeth was on the cover of People as it was like all of the time. She was like Forbes, People. Yeah, and she she right. had all these big, yeah, I think it was like Forbes and People both did like big, like the, the first Silicon Valley's first female billionaire. She's the next Steve Jobs. Right, right, right. And they show her in her, you know, her traditional garb, which is just black turtleneck, you know, and she's smart because she's not reinventing the wheel. She, she, she chose a mentor, an aesthetic mentor per se. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say that, if you will. And it's uh, like you know, they would say like dress for the job you want. It's like she wanted to receive jobs, so she dressed like Steve Jobs. Right, right. She actually did have a sort of fascination with him. She wanted to grow up to be this man. Mm-hmm. But listen, so this is interesting. I'm never going to forget this. I remember seeing that, and as I usually do, taking something irrelevant from the world outside and weaponizing <laughs> it against myself. And I remember being <laughs> like, "Why can't I be Elizabeth Holmes?" You know, wow. isn't that wow? Crazy? Yeah. Talk about the value system in our society, um, always forcing these sort of things in our face. And we have to constantly compare our reality to external realities, but you don't ever really know what's going on. So the reason why I mention that is because as this unfurls, and by the way, um, the podcast that we listened to was so well done. Yeah. So there's, if ever, if anybody's curious about the case and wants to do the deep dive with us, ABC has a uh, two-part Uh, series now so the first part is it's called the dropout and the Mm -hmm. first season is just like the life and times and sort of the decline the fall of Elizabeth Holmes and then since the trial just started they have now been doing weekly trial updates so every Tuesday there's a new episode so also shout out Lucia uh, our our good friend Lucia Brizzi aka Italiana Brava did recommend this to me. She's like my media, my media maven. She just tells me what to listen to when I do. She has like the best taste in what to listen to and watch. And it is, yeah. So it's called The Dropout. It's on everywhere where, where you know, podcasts are streamed. Um, but obviously don't, don't do that before you listen to Space Trash because it's obviously the most important podcast online right now. But isn't that, <laughs> right. it, so, it was a really well done podcast. Well, the reason it was so well done is because number one, you don't really, you can't really pinpoint an agenda or, it really was fact telling. And so the reason why I mentioned that is because for the first time I had heard about 
Elizabeth as a child. Now, Elizabeth, of course, mm -hmm, as most people who go into, um, um, you know, the the industry she was in, or no, that's not what I want to say. She came from uh, a very, very well-to-do family. Right. She's like, she's, so she was born in DC. And what's interesting too, did you hear? So her dad worked for Enron, which also had a big like corporate scandal. That's right. right. So like her, so I think her mom was like a, uh, like a, a, a con- congressional staffer or something. Mm-hmm. Her dad was uh, a high power executive, but like she not only had these, you know, desires to be a power person herself, mm-hmm. but she actually saw her father go through the experience of being involved with a company that was doing criminal activity. You know what, Sarah, that's actually, I did not make that connection I didn't make that connection immediately. I just, um, although I will a- say, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't remember when all the Enron stuff went down. So I can't, maybe I he don't wasn't know. There. I don't know if he was there. Or he wasn't there, but I do think it's like kind of ironic. We'll check the dates, but I think it's ironic that either way it happens to be a company that we all now know for being involved with corporate scandal. Right, right, right. Well, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like you inherit everything from your parents. And so mm-hmm. gentlemen should have been involved in some sort of like the downfall of Enron. It was, um, you know, you could, one of the things that sticks out about her, which also makes it really intriguing is that she kind of stuck. She was a proponent for her company and an advocate to the very end. Right. Right. And there's this, um, her desire as a child was always to be a billionaire. As a matter of fact, when she was younger and they were at, they would ask her, there was never a specification about what kind of industry she wanted to be in. She never talked about changing the world in specific ways. Right. Her North Star in life was to be a billionaire, right? Yeah, and so, she wanted to be she wanted to be a billionaire and she wanted to be specifically an inventor. She wanted to invent something because mm-hmm, that was the mm-hmm. thing too. I remember in the podcast, they were saying like, they would be like, Elizabeth, what are you working on? And she'd be like, oh, I'm working on my time, my time, time machine. She, right, right. She, she, she made, she drew up the blueprints. You better believe she wishes machine. she had a time machine now. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Yeah, she wishes she had Damn. a time machine right about now. <laughs> now, this is actually really interesting, right? So you draw up the blueprints to a time machine, which in, in essence can only exist hypothetically, right? I mean, manipulating time and us as beings, the movement through time is really just a massive hypothetical that has existed for since forever okay I mean, we've all so, seen back to the future it's as close as we're gonna get right exactly so how interesting then that she had this idea that so okay so just for the listeners um theranos which uh, i didn't realize was a combination of the word therapy and diagnose i could not believe when i heard that because i actually was thinking it was like great I, I i thought it was always like I, it, sounded, it reminded me of like the bad guy and isn't it the bad guy? Yeah, the yeah. No, it's uh, Thanos. 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 I always thought it was like, and then it sounded like Thanos. <laughs> it does. It does. And and you know, actually, they have they do have one gentleman. I believe he is uh, a scientist, but he is also Greek, and he talks about how Theranos is, sounds very very similar, like the word for death in Greek, which I can't Whoa. remember. We can look it up. But she, he he, he was like, it's an interesting. Yeah, look at it really fast. He was like, it's an interesting um, just decision to make because it does actually take like you thought Thanos. I mean, nobody's going therapy diagnose. 
Theranos. Oh my God, death in like, Greece is Thanatos. Th- there it is. Whoa. There it is, dude. Whoa. So, right. So Theranos was a company that was built on the promise that there were going to be, not only was the, the process of drawing blood going to be simplified to just one drop as opposed to a vial or a couple of vials, um, it was going to extract enough information to be able to do about 250 different diagnostic tests just from this one drop of blood. Now, revolutionary, 100%. I mean- Yes, would absolutely be dope if that was possible. Correct. Now, it seems like there isn't even enough you know, there's not enough, um, you know, one drop of blood can only, cont- I, I I don't know, we, you and I would be the last people to be able to explain. We literally do not know, but it just we, seems- we have no idea, but we, I think that like, that's not enough. It seems if you're like going to put, enough. I, we've seen, uh, you know, fucking, you know, Angelina Jolie's Billy Bob Thornton blood necklace, even right. just to fill a little bit of blood in a necklace, you would need more than a drop. Even romance requires more blood. Romance requires more blood than that, but okay. Yeah. So um, she, Elizabeth, was particularly interesting in that she truly did not care about any sort of status quo in terms of what already existed. And you hear her professors uh, speak like she she had come up with a um, a proto not even a prototype but sort of like a I design like a concept she a concept. Like a concept well even in college so she came up with a concept for a patch that was going to be able to deliver antibiotics um, and it was going to be like specific antibiotics depending on uh, something like that the infection but there was something about how antibiotics are delivered into the system um, that you you can't do via, you know, you can't do it on, on the skin. It it was something like that. Again, I might be kind of butchering this information, but the whole point was that when she presented this to her professor, who was an expert in the field, the professor gave her feedback, extremely relevant, like for example, antibiotics cannot be, um, are not functional when, when ingested by the body on, you know, like on the skin and the professor will tell you that um, unfazed, Elizabeth was completely unfazed. It didn't change the way she thought about her project. And she was not by any means going to take that information and make it mean that she can't do what she's set out to do, which is a very, very, very important thing to point out, right? Because it's kind of like a microcosm, that experience where she's getting feedback on this thing she invented um, and ignoring the feedback is a microcosm for exactly what played out. Well, it's like, it's like whenever it's like when everybody's always like, you know, like, you know, my Angelou, like when people show you who they are, believe them or just like even in coaching <laughs> yeah. where we always say like the way I, Angelou something. said that, I thought Pinterest said that. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, you're right. My bad. I was Pinterest. Um, but, it, but it's like, you know, in, in, when we start coaching training, like it's like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. if she even in her, childhood was working on her time travel project. And then her first attempt at a, a project as a student was this antibiotic patch. In both cases, it was like actually not like, like physiologically possible. Like the, the, you couldn't actually create that kind of technology in real time. Mm-hmm. And yet this is what she 
this is what she was passionate about. Then when she came up with the idea for the the pinprick, the blood thing, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting, too, because she attributed it to her devastating fear of of needles and blood being drawn. Like she's afraid of needles and she's she would have panic attacks when she had to go get blood drawn. And she also tells this story about how when she was um, a little girl, she spent every she spent every weekend or every summer at her uncle's and she and uncle were very close. And then uncle, you know, he got a, he got a blood test back that had bad news, but by then it was too late. And it was like the thing that always stuck in her brain. Like, Oh, if only he could have just been testing himself at home regularly. Like he had to wait to go to the doctor and get the blood Mm -hmm, test. mm -hmm. And that, that nasty, that nasty vial of blood taken from a needle. And then, you know, they have to go to quest and it has, it has to be processed. And so by the time they got information back it was too late and so she tells this sob story if you watch any of the old like ted talks or like what like she really does lead the theranos sort of the story of theranos is all about her particular connection to the idea that if everybody could just test their blood easily and effortlessly at home we would be able to detect when there were disease when there was disease in our body they like immediately and it would save a million lives and everybody has the human right to have, you know, access to great medical care and access to information about their body. And it is a human right that we should all have this. Now, not only when she brought this as her second project in Stanford to her professors, were they also like Elizabeth, never going to happen not how science works, not how blood works, not how medicine works. She was like, mm, yeah, but I get it. And then I, I believe it was revealed later on that that story about her uncle wasn't even true. So like she mm-hmm. did have an uncle who died, but it was like everybody is coming out the woodwork being like they weren't that close. I think she met him twice. Like it was like she was really um, very good at. Sarah, that's like the exact same situation that I'm living right now. What do you My mean? Un- my uncle oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. randomly yeah, but you're actually living it yeah that's really crazy now listen though she took that story um and used it in marketing so the the, the line was like never never uh, prematurely lose another loved one yes. again yes right that became so, like the the reason that she was pushing this forward because it was so meaningful to her because nobody should have to go through what she went through Right. So this is interesting, right? Because now we're going into a conversation about a person that since childhood has demonstrated that she has capabilities of thinking that are far beyond what is uh, what the rest of the people around her subscribe to. Right. And I think when you say thinking what you're actually saying, and and we'll talk about her chart in a minute, but it's like you're talking about actually imagining. There's a difference between thinking and imagining. Yeah, right. Like thinking is sort of like a critical process, right? When you think about something, you're actually like going through the information and you're processing it and then you're going to come up with a result because you've thought about it imagining is inventing imagining Mm -hmm. is going oh but what if there was a world or i live on a castle on a cloud or you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. it's all very Mm -hmm. fantasy Mm -hmm. well well and also as as a giant imaginator let's say right mm-hmm. um it's very natural that she would just forego wanting to recognize like the minutia so what do i say like minutia it's like well there were people in the second 
part of Theranos who were getting diagnosed or were getting misdiagnosed. Right. And, and she's, there was something, if I remember. No, there was a really funny one where one of the, one of the tests that came back told somebody that they had herpes and they actually didn't. <laughs> and then there, they, somebody like said that a woman had just lost her child. I mean, crazy. It was things. like crazy stuff. Yeah. It was like really deeply personal stuff that they were just getting. Yeah. One said that somebody was not able to have children. One said that. Right. Infer- yeah, right, right. Um, you know, not to mention all of the information that people weren't getting. So uh, basically, from what I understand, and tell me if you got the same vibe, in, in all of the years that Theranos existed, there was only a handful of tests that ever even worked, like that ever even yep. actually came out with a, with a, a sort of correct result. Like they even have that yep. interview in the podcast where one of her main backers is still like staunchly on her team. Yeah, and the woman yeah. is like, well, okay, so you're telling me you used it? And he's like, yeah, I used it myself. And she was like, and the results you got, he was like, they were basically the same as when I got him at the hospital. And she's like, basically the mm-hmm. same? Like, even if they're goes, basically the same, it mm-hmm. didn't work. Right. And he goes, well, all diagnosis is, or, and all testing is a range. It's a range. So, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because now what do we have? We have all of these components. We have a person who is driven just blindly by ambition. Yep. Uh, not only that, but she comes from um, a, a background that is going to support all of her endeavors. She's got money. Apparently her parents, apparently her parents were actually like pushing her towards this. Like apparently she had a very overbearing mother that was like, you are an inventor. You're going to invent something like they were very power hungry people. And I also read in a separate article that was saying that actually even the way that she got into Stanford. So her, she, she does come from a very powerful lineage too. So it's like her grandfather was actually like a big, um, a big doctor and like a couple of the hospitals in DC are named for him. And you know, the father mm. had a big career. The mother worked on the hill. So like there, there's a family that is obsessed with power, but apparently she didn't even get into Stanford because she was like so smart and extraordinary. She got into Stanford using the father's basically like power connections. Like he had to like get her in to Stanford because of, and he got her in because of like all of his, all of his homies that, that were, you know, went from power people in DC to power mm-hmm. people in Silicon Valley. And then on top of being a big thinker from a lineage of big thinkers with all of the, you know, power and resource reserves that anybody would want, she's also a genius manipulator. Genius. This woman knows exactly. I mean, you can tell when you just look photos of her. She's expressionless, but it's genius. She, she, you can tell that she's observing. She's taking in all of the data and she knows exactly how to move. She knows exactly what to say. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because when we're talking about like expert manipulating, aside from just having like natural charisma, a brain for imagination, like, so it's sort of interesting that like we're seeing someone who, when it comes to like actually existing in reality, she is paying attention. And what she's using is like, She's using story to to move her her story forward. She's using story and empathy and emotion to sell. And yet when it comes to what she was actually doing in real time for this for this project that she made her life's work, 
she she seemed to have no concept of reality. So it's interesting, right? Like the things that she could choose to zone in on and really notice, like even now when they're talking about the trial, did you hear the part where she was saying that like, as, as every single juror walks in and as every single person walks into the courtroom, she, she specifically makes direct eye contact with everyone. And she kind of gives them a nod, like, hello, I'm a human. Like she's doing a lot of work to, to connect with people on this very human level right. where in reality, it seems like she's totally dis disconnected from the actual human experience. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, disconnected from the human experience and the sense that like her hunger for, for power is, uh, will, will pardon. She pardons herself a lot when, when there was victims involved with what she was doing. She pardons herself 100% 100 because for her, it was like, you know, you can't do big things without there being some losers. This is in service of the greater good in service right, of the greater right. good. Right. It's, it's all like about in service of the greater good. And, yeah. and the other thing too, is like, you know, I do think that long-term it's going to affect the way that we even kind of participate with that like Silicon Valley culture because it's also very common that the projects in Silicon Valley that get funded are sort of like fake it till you make it like it is all people investing in things that are kind of big ideas and you know as an and completely novel it, right. And it's like, as an investor, you know, that like, let's say you invest in mean, my brother's a, a venture capitalist, my brother, literally, that's what he does. He invests in startups. And it's like, you know, that like you invest in 10 things, you hope that one of them takes off, you hope that three of them don't fail, but you assume that, you know, most of the investments that you make are going to be flops just because also for an, from an investor standpoint, you want to invest in things because that's like, you, it's a tax write-off. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, she, so they talk, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot in terms of when they're talking to the, to the employees were that they just couldn't understand. They just didn't know how she would go in and talk to the board and come out with more money every time because they're in, they're on the end and they're like, this is, this doesn't work like we don't. And, and, and mind you, she's hiring people who left behind careers that would have made them rich generationally. OK, people left behind tens of thousands of shares at Apple. OK, right. Well, that was the thing, too, that they were saying that, like, her obsession was Steve Jobs mm -hmm. and she poached a lot of the um, Apple design staff. But what they were saying on the inside was like we started to notice that, you know, Number one, she had no idea what was going on in the actual labs. Like she doesn't have anything to do with medicine. She doesn't know anything about medicine. She doesn't know anything about science. What she cared about more than anything was the design. But then mm -hmm. she was having designers that she poached from Apple going, we're actually not comfortable continue. Like all that she cared about was like the design of the Edison, which is what the product was called. And mm -hmm. like the design of the marketing and the design of the office and making sure that everything looked a certain way. And people were actually like all those Apple people came and worked. And then most of them quit because they were like, this is completely unethical. Like we don't want to design a product exactly. to sell a product that doesn't fucking work. And that actually ends up hurting people. Yeah. Eventually most people started to fall away. A lot of people didn't and they or got intimidated till the very end. 
you know, which goes to show that all you really need is charisma. I mean, all you really need to know is how to say what people want to hear. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, did you hear that part? Somebody said to her once, like, aren't you afraid of going to jail or like, aren't you afraid of getting arrested? And she said, I'm too pretty to go to jail. I know, but I will say something. I mean, I, we, I, that's something that we would say too. Lol. I know, I know. And also like, uh, I, 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 that's funny that you said that. That stuck out to me too, because I'm too pretty to go to jail usually means I hope I don't. I'm too pretty. I'm going to get raped too much. That's what I thought. I'm no, too pretty to go that's, that's, not that's not what, what I, I thought. thought. That's, what that's I thought. not what I thought. I thought that that is so funny. You're like, oh my God. You're, you're like, me. no, the judge is going to protect me from getting raped in prison. No, no, no. I thought she was saying like, like, you know, like hot girl privilege. Like okay, I'm going to be good. able to bat my eyes at the judges and the jury, which is what she's trying to do now. And that they're going to, they're going to love me. They're going to love me too much to put me in jail. So speaking of the, the, the trial and the jury, um, the most intriguing aspect of this for me is that in order to prosecute, they have to prove ill intent, which means they have to prove without a reasonable, what is a reasonable, reasonable doubt? Yep. Yep that Sonny and Elizabeth both had the explicit intention of lying as opposed to right. they, were, they were authentically trying to create a product that was going to change the world. And they believed that they were exactly. doing it. That's what, exactly. but that's the whole thing. It's not that they had ill intent, like they were trying to hurt people, right. but they, at a, they, the, right. The, the prosecution, the state needs to prove that they were consciously lying that they ill intend, right? Mm -hmm. So isn't that, what an interesting caveat, what an interesting, you know, when you look at the law from that perspective, where now it's like, you know, yes, the fact of the matter is she's got blood on her hands. One of her scientists shot himself in the head. Yeah. And he was so guilty. 67 year old man. Mm -hmm. you know? And even his wife, when, when that story was heartbreaking, but it was hard you, to listen to. It was, but in, in the wife was so amazing to go and, and to share. But even like the wife was saying to him, because again, this is at the end of the day, all about money and power. Right. And so the wife was saying like her husband was coming home every day, like completely dejected, feeling really weird because he just like didn't want his name on this because it was hurting like he was like this doesn't work I don't want my name on this he quit and his wife was actually urging him to go back because she was like look you're just an employee your name's not on it but like we need an income like she's paying you really well like we need this and so it's like it's really interesting when it comes to money how quick people are to justify you know mm -hmm. staying in something that might be unethical or mm -hmm. might be below well, board I didn't, I, I got the opposite. Uh, I, maybe I was not well, listening. At the end, she was like, I feel really bad. He was right. And she didn't make him go back to work, but she was even like, honey, are you remember? Cause when she, when that article came out, the wife was mm -hmm. like, honey, like maybe you were wrong about this. And he's like, I'm not wrong about this. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's the okay. one that was like the head scientist. Mm. And then as he kept finding out that things were not, the adding up and that Elizabeth, because the other thing too, was there was this culture of silence. So not mm, only were right. no investors and no potential clients like Walgreens or any of the people that she was selling this to, no one was even allowed to go on the floor 
where the science was happening. So no one was even, no one was allowed to see the machines. No one was allowed to actually see the test in action or see the test results in inaction. And there was a woman, Erica, who was one of the uh, research scientists. And she actually was like, look, we need to start tracking the failures because that's what we're doing here. That's literally the job of a research scientist, right? So she would post at the end of the day, she would went around and collect everybody's information that they had, like anybody that did, a, that was working on the machines and that was practicing doing these samples, she would going around and saying, you know, what was the rate of success? And it was like, zero percent success mm -hmm, every mm -hmm. single day and so she started Damn. posting those results and she almost got fired for it and she ended up leaving but they were like you are not allowed to um you are not allowed to and it was especially when sunny came on board but it was like it was like you are not allowed to uh share like misinformation or like like negative propaganda in the office and she's like it's not negative propaganda we're the research team and we're researching and we're showing you the results of our research and he was like right. anybody who is not a ride or die bitch needs to get the fuck out like that was like it was like you either pretend like it's working like it's your job literally or shut the fuck up and get out of here well, talk about pretend like it's working. There was one bit where they're talking about how they're showing the machines at Walgreens and the little display where it shows the results was actually a video. It was a video. They, what? So they had implanted, they, they made a video to make it look like the machine was doing <gasps> its job. Oh and my they, God, I did they, not get that. Whoa. Dude, I, I got to re-listen. Like I've, I've watched The Inventor like 10 times. I'm obsessed with this. I love this story. Yeah, I need to, I, I would love to re-listen as well because the one thing that there were so many characters at play that I didn't realize that the gentleman who took his own life or, you know, um, no, he was like was, the head scientist and he quit yeah. and his wife was even like come on this is a great gig we're rich and he was like no man like i've been a part of something that is really sinister and when this goes down i want to be on record for for not being a part of it and then when she started getting super rich and that and when he saw that it was going into walgreens i believe that's when he like took his life because he was like this is like he was so like hurt and upset by the fact that our culture was still allowing this person to put these machines into not only people's homes, but they were like in all of the Walgreens in Arizona. That was like their first test site. They were in all the Walgreens in Arizona. And when he knew that people were actually, were actually using this test on themselves to actually try to get results about their, you know, about what was wrong with them. And then he knew it wasn't working. He, he like, couldn't take it. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting The the I believe that the same prosecutor on this case was involved in the Bernie Madoff case. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about how they have they are so, so similar, you know. Yeah. Oh, actually, let me pull up his chart, too. That's kind of interesting. Like both of them as personalities yeah, characters. and characters yeah. are so similar. And it's this aspect of of believing so blindly in your capability to manipulate that you lose touch with the fact that you can get caught right well and and it also it's like it that becomes the goal right so it's like she wasn't even thinking about getting caught at, right. at a certain point her mind. The only well no no i beg to differ was, well i feel like was, the only goal at a certain point was just like keeping the business running Right. Oh, I see. Like she wasn't thinking like, what's going to happen when I get in trouble? But no, but, it wasn't even it wasn't even like on her mind. But but 
it was a little bit on her mind because they were they were silencing. I mean, they were like bully silencing. You know, they were people had to sign NDAs like you couldn't you uh, you know, there were instances where like um, like you said, nobody could get on the floor where there was um, the testing was going on. You know, there were there were people who quit because of of moral issues and immediately they were getting followed immediately they were getting controlled yeah. across across all you know aspects of their life um and so apparently there was- she, she had like a glass office and was just openly screaming at people and she lost such touch of reality that the guy who was ended up being like the big whistleblower tyler or whatever he said that he messaged her to be like hey there's some things i want to talk about like can i come to your office and she was like oh i'm actually not in and blah 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 and he's like you have a glass office like i can see you Like, so she's like lying to everybody, even about like little things. And when people start to lie about little things, that's when you really know something's up because like, she could say, I'm super busy. I can't talk, but to go like, I'm not even in the office today. And he's like, I'm looking at you sitting in the office, bro. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that her approach was to use blood because when I envision her as like a visual artist, what I see is almost like this, this sort of being that comes in through your nose and just in like infects your, you know, goes in through your veins and is in your, is, you know, is in your body. And the reason why I say that is because, um, she's an infection that she's an, there were very few, people who you know her capability to persuade the persuasive abilities this woman had is almost like she she was like a like like breathing in gas and suddenly it takes over your nervous system you understand like that's Mm -hmm. exactly how I envision her she's sort of Mm -hmm. this like and it's funny that you were talking about reptiles earlier. She's sort of this reptilian being. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when we're talking about like who are the reptilians, like motherfuckers are reptilian. (laughs) Well yeah, I mean, it, it's it's and like the ability to like just shed skin like it's nothing like she just like is taking these. And the other thing I will note about her whole appearance, which is interesting, is that she actually does have the ability. So like they were saying before um, before she changed into her Steve Jobs, like, look, she was actually like way cornier, like she was actually like sort of like wearing like ugly Christmas ugly Christmas sweaters and she was like a little bit floppier and I don't remember either it was sunny or it was like one of the Apple design people that were like you know if you want to be taken even more seriously aka raise more money you're gonna want to actually like not just like idolize Steve but like really look and play the part and so they said that once she went from being just like wearing flowery dresses and like you know looking kind of like a you know Ann Taylor frumpy to to being only black all black like in one day she changed her whole image. Now, the other big question I have, and then we can get into the chart. What the deal? I feel like she's like the, the Hilaria Baldwin of like deep voice. Mm-hmm. So it's like everyone was like, Hilaria's not even from Spain. But like, she's like, I'm just like, what I, like I just like spent a lot of time in Spain or whatever. Like, she's literally like, like, I just talk like this. Like, do you think what what's with the voice? Okay, well, that's abs- that's easy. It's like it's one of the most basic ways she was manipulating. I think that she knew. But that can she you was believe in- she if that really isn't her voice? This has been years. Oh, of, she's an actress. Of, of talking no, like this. No, where's her Oscar? Yeah. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. Get this bitch an Oscar right now and then send her straight to the clink. Fuck her. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but here's the thing, Sarah, like on multiple occasions, people have been like, you know, they, they talk about one time she was at a holiday party and she had a little too much to drink. Right. She forgot. She forgot to play her character. And so 
you know, her, I, I, we, we have kind of deep voices. This is my natural voice, right? I could lower it like this, but then, but here, oh, here's the thing that I wanted to say though, in terms of lowering the voice, I personally, you're completely spot on. It was, she was practicing in front of the mirror. I would be surprised if she didn't have acting coaches because it, you know, when I want to lower my voice, I instinctively like lower my shoulders. There's something really physical. Oh, like interesting. You understand? Like I lower my head a little bit. There's something instinctual about. Well, it's like I'm- even, it's like even when you're trying to like hit a high note when you're singing are like, well, like, ah, like are like, that's, that's right. Up, that's right. right? Yeah. 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 And so for her to be able to maintain this and, you know, once you do something enough, it just kind of becomes whatever what you, you do. Right. Yeah. Right. You just be good. Because what you do. And then you just fuck it up sometimes, or you mess it up sometimes when you're uh, not, paying attention like having a little too much to drink right um but there were people who who didn't go to college with her that came out later and were like what's with the voice yeah like she didn't talk like that growing up or like i knew her like that's that's not what she sounds like you know and it's something it's a point that a lot of investigators touch on they will often ask did she always talk like this did she always talk like this because that does point that in itself does point to a very very specific manipulative tactic so right there there is some sort of intent now that doesn't mean i i personally think well but it's like of course there's intent her intention was to raise a boatload of money and just be a super fucking rich person and i also think that she knew that men get taken more i mean that you know, masculine features are more attractive to people who do business because people don't want to do business with unstable chicks. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. So there was like maybe the most unstable chick. Do Okay. You think so? Okay. Okay. This is a perfect, perfect time for you to tell us about this person's chart. Okay. So first we're going to do Elizabeth's chart. Then I want to talk a little bit about Elizabeth and Sunny, and then we can look at her progress chart because what's going on for her now, right? Okay, so first of all, Elizabeth is, do you want to guess what her sun and moon are? Oh, okay. Molly always guesses. You hate guessing what the people's signs are, but yeah, just give it a a guess. Um, That's interesting. I think, is she a Scorpio moon? She's not a Scorpio moon, but she has a lot of Scorpio in her chart. Okay. Um, I would say, I would say she is a Libra sun Virgo moon. Okay. Very, very, very good guesses. Okay. So you were closer before, but very good guesses. Okay. So number one, Elizabeth is a Aquarius sun. Okay. And this makes perfect sense to me because in general, Aquarians look, I mean, even if she did have good intent, like Aquarians are the sign that care about humanity and humanitarianism and like the globe and all the people like they really are thought leaders when it comes to like the collective and they're super tapped Mm -hmm. into the collective. They have the ability to kind of work with work with and for and and on behalf of the collective. Right. So when she is saying like all people deserve human rights, like she was never going to come up with a you know, an idea for a show or an idea for something that was like um, overtly about her because to her, she's like, you know, Aquarius, Aquarius sun, like see the whole picture. They see the bigger picture right now. Uh, her moon is in Pisces. So oh, you're blowing me away. I wouldn't you know. Th- there's so much you're going to flip because all of it is fucking crazy. But okay. So her moon is in Pisces conjunct her Lilith, meaning that like, 
what's really driving her. Number one is that it is her dream space, right? So Pisces moons, they're super dreamy. They're super intuitive, but there's, there is a little bit of like a foundational imbalance. Like the dark side of a Pisces moon is that like, you know, they, they're, they're very intuitive, but they don't really kind of live in reality. And mm-hmm. they really have these big dreams and these big visions. I mean, so often you'll be talking to someone with a Pisces sun or moon and like, you'll have to be like, okay, they're not lying. That's their reality. Mm-hmm. Like Pisces have a really easy time manipulating the truth or because they don't really feel like they even it's like, it's like a little bit disconnected from, from earth, right? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. the last of the Zodiac sign. So it's sort of like this amalgam of all of the signs wrapped into one moon is your inner self. So like for her, what she needs to feel safe and what she needs to do to satisfy her soul is to follow her dreams and to like really encourage her imagination. When you have a Lilith conjunct the moon in, uh, Pisces. Really quick, really quick. What is yes, exactly yes. is conjunct? What does that mean? It means across oh my God, the thank chart? You. No, it's exactly the same place. Oh, oh, okay. When, when there's it. conjunctions, it means that the energies almost like go together. Like when you have certain planets conjunct either asteroids or angles or, or other planets, mm-hmm. it means that the energies operate together, right? It's like they live in the same house. So mm-hmm, for her, mm-hmm the moon exactly conjunct her Lilith. You know, we all know that Lilith really is that like, fuck you to the system, rebellious, feminine rage, wants what she wants, seeking pleasure, seeking attention, seeking, um, you know, to sort of overthrow the norm, right? So for her, not only is she this like dreamy Pisces moon, but like, I think that she was like, and fuck quest diagnostics mm, and fuck the mm-hmm. system and, fu- you know, and, and, and it's almost like whenever you see Lilith in a chart on an archetypal level, what it represents is where traditionally people may have ignored or, or silenced, or, you know, if we think about like the, the mythology of Lilith in the first place, she was actually Adam's first wife. And when she wanted to have sex on her terms or on top, or just, you know, she's like, I don't want you just to turn me over and fuck me whenever you want. I, you know, maybe we could try it. Maybe I could fuck you on top, or maybe we could just like wait until I'm in the mood or, you know what I mean? And he was like, <laughs> blasphemy. And she was like, fuck this. I'm out. Right. So it's almost like she's driven by this intense sense of like, like, so when you're saying like the professors were like, like, no, like that's not possible. Her Lilith gets kicked up where she's like, oh, my dreams are fucking possible, bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll show you that my, oh, you're the system. I'll show you that my dreams, I'm, I'm, I'm furious that anybody would think like she, she gets fired up when people didn't believe in her. And it actually fueled that fire because that Lilith moon in Pisces conjunction means that actually she'll, you know, the downside of Pisces moons is like that sometimes they can be a little bit delusional. Sometimes they can really, you know, that's why a lot of people with heavy Pisces in their chart struggle with addiction because it's like either they find a way to, to work with earth as it is, or they're like, I want to escape. Like, I don't even want to like this. I want to, I don't even want to be on this like earthly reality tip anymore. Right. So for her, her moon in Pisces with Lilith is like, no, she's like my, I will make my dreams a reality. I will, you know, she's, she's like, no, don't when, when someone said no to her, that was one of the actual most grounding experiences that she could have because mm-hmm. it, ma- it it gave her that feeling of 
like ancient rage. Like, no, don't tell me no. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. My mom told me that I was going to be an inventor, right? And so I think it's really interesting. Now, a few things that I want to talk about a little more about a few other things about our chart, but what I really want to draw some attention to, and if this goes over your head, let me know. And to the people listening, if you have any questions, you know, at me. But something that I am extremely passionate about is asteroid astrology. So mm-hmm. aside from, so like when we are looking at the planets, we're looking at like the, the, you know, the major bodies that we can see in our solar system. But for the most part, they're all named after, you know, like Roman and Greek gods and goddesses. And in general, they're all even like Venus and the moon, like they're all sort of seen through this masculine lens. Right. So when we look at asteroid astrology, which is even more nuanced, what it actually does. So asteroids are our bodies that we can't necessarily always see with the eye, but when, when asteroids are discovered, they're oftentimes like labeled a certain way based on, you know, the kind of, the kind of orbital pattern that it's taking and mm-hmm. what's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. I don't name the asteroids, but what's phenomenal is when you look in asteroids in terms of like meanings, it can really fill in the, the it'll, it'll paint a much deeper picture of the past life storylines that are being carried like into someone's current life. And like, there will be people that will argue, well, the reason that asteroids aren't valid is because they don't actually emanate any light. But I think that's even more of the Lilith. Like that's actually why we want to pay attention to them because we know we don't, there's a, there's a whole side of the moon that we don't see. And Lilith is a point that is ever present. And it's a mathematical point that is moving around the moon and around the dark side of the moon at a rapid rate. And, and it, it, but it's something that we can't see. It is a, it is a, it's like almost like a void, right? Uh-huh, so to, uh-huh. me, to, to continue to ignore the quote unquote voids in our charts, it's not like, oh, there, it doesn't emanate any light. So it's not there. It's like, no, to me, it's like, no, it's actually the underpinning of what's there because it is the thing that's going on behind the light that we can see. And again, it's a more feminine perspective because it's actually taking into account more spiritual uh, wisdom and it's taking into account more of the storytelling of our of our charts where like as like even astrology has been what's the word masculinized like even astrology. Even after, you know, astrology and astronomy were the same practice, they got disconnected because, you know, the masculine was like, well, the interpretive part of it isn't really, isn't really important. That's fake. What really matters is the astronomy because we can see it. Right. But it's really just an assault on the feminine in general, because what, what the feminine power is not only is connection through storytelling and tradition being passed along through storytelling, but it's also, you know, it, it is intuitive, right? It's, it's a little bit more magical. So sorry. Now check right. this, ready? I spent a huge amount of time. I'm curious about this bitch, right? So let's take a look just at her son for a minute. On Elizabeth Holmes' son, now you know what conjunction means, right? We have asteroid, you're going to love this, actor. Yes, she is an actor. We have asteroid wow. lie. We have asteroid actor. We have asteroid lie. And we have asteroid Achilles, meaning her solar energy, her connection to the collective is also her Achilles heel, right? It's where she's so obsessed and she's so ready to move forward with it that it actually, even if she's hurt, you know, or or she ends up hurting herself with that, right? So her ability to uh, influence the masses using actor and lie 
is ultimately her Achilles heel because it is what's now fucking her in the end. Do you think, or no, based on the information that you have in terms of like the blueprint of her being, Mm -hmm. how do you think this will play out for the jury? Like without any of the evidence, her as a person, do you believe she'll be able to manipulate it in her favor? No, but there's a reason why. So I have her progressed chart up. So when we're looking at charts, the natal chart shows the, the, it's like the moment that you were born, it's like the baby picture, right? But then every year as the planets move and you mature, your chart matures. So when I look at her chart of this very moment, first of all, her sun and her Mercury in her progress chart are exactly where this tonight's full moon is, right? So there is, and, and even if you read wow. anything of the pop astrology online is like all about, you know, this moon is all about like secrets being revealed and like it is an ultimate ending. I mean, wow. this, this yeah. chart, this, the astrology of tonight, we're going to be doing a lot of release stuff tonight because the, the moon tonight is at the last degree of Pisces, which is the final degree of the Zodiac. It is the final ending. Of course, endings are rebirth, right? And we'll start again in Aries in the moon cycle. But no, Pisces is representing the last sign of the Zodiac. And this full moon in particular is a disconnect of anything that actually does need to die so that things can be reborn sort of in, in a new way, right? So I think that the spotlight, aside from it actually being on her, I think the spotlight is on her and her Mercury, which is her voice and her thoughts and the way that she um, has been trying to sort of Pisces moon slippery slide herself out of trouble by basically yeah. lying to us. And by, you know, Pisces, again, Pisces is distortion. Pisces is confusion. Pisces is watery. It's ruled by Neptune. We also have Neptune in the sky currently retrograde on her uh, sun and Mercury. So Neptune retrograde with this full moon is basically showing us all of the lies. And for her, it's all the lies she's literally told and the sun showing who she actually is. I mean, let's be super clear. This bitch is now at her trial, just having birthed a newborn. You think that's an accident? I was just I going to ask that. you about the baby. I don't think that was an accident. I think that she, I don't is, think anybody does. I think that she is you know, I think it's much harder to put a mother of a newborn in prison. It's much harder to, you know, the minute that, right. that we because know now the implications are, are multiple lives and an innocent life. Now there's an right. innocent bystander who will be forever um, um, affected it's adversely. One thousand percent. Now, it's also interesting in her progressed chart is her. So let's look at first the natal chart, because I want to talk about Chiron. OK, so in her, oh, it's actually the great, it's the same. So in her in her natal chart and in her progress chart, she has Chiron at 28 degrees Taurus. So what does that mean? Uh, number one, it means that in general, when it comes to issues of the body or issues of money or issues of stability or issues of security and issues of, you know, Taurus rules the throat chakra, it rules the voice. So not, not in the same way that Mercury does or the Gemini does, but it actually is that sort of like stable, that stable uh, place like that you can- Orator, like somebody right. that would give a speech to the people. Right, Something like right, that? right, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like, you know- in theory, 
Taurus would be a sign that was very reputable mm-hmm. because it okay. is the safe, the safe material space. Now right. we have the nodes finishing up their cycle in Gemini and Sagittarius, and she's having a nodal return right now. Her North node is in Gemini. Her South node is in Sagittarius. So we are actually seeing her, we're seeing the purpose of her life. We're seeing her karma play out specifically. She is now being Gemini North Node looked at by all the people. And she's actually having to come to terms with the fact that she's not this South Node Sag expert that she claimed to be. She's actually another Joe Schmo lion ass Gemini. And now she's the other side of the story is being exposed, right? But the minute that the nodes move into Taurus and uh, Scorpio by the end of this year, mm-hmm. you know, nodes move uh, clockwise around the zodiac, whereas everything else moves counterclockwise. So the node, the north node, is going to move out of Gemini and hit her both progressed and natal Chiron. This is her wound. This is where ultimately there is healing available. There is healing possible, but I don't think that the healing in this chart is about her healing. I think the healing in this chart is a collective healing because this Mm -hmm. chart has so much emphasis on her sort of having a reign over the collective. And so she's actually going to get that wounding and, and really pay for what she has done. And there will be a healing in, in a grand scale for the collective, because perhaps not only the way that we do medicine and that we actually, you know, t- testing and just like regulations are, are, are more, um, are taken more seriously, but also the way that we do, like, I do hope that like investment culture is a little bit fucked up. I mean, the fact that there are so many people on this planet who like don't have homes, who don't have enough food, that don't have money in the bank, that don't have anything, no resources and no ability to take care of themselves. And yet in Silicon Valley, we have. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. People throwing millions and billions of dollars at hypothetical ideas Mm. is is part of the problem. You know, I don't know if getting to Mars is as important as making sure that everybody here has lunch. Right. And isn't that just like the classic lifelong um, sort of discussion? It's like, you know, the, the, how, how do you use resources and, and resources that were once just of the earth as are we organic resources that have been, um, you know, that also is very Taurus. Taurus is the earth, it's Gaia, Taurus. So her wound in, her Chiron in Taurus, not only was she 
claiming that she wanted to make the world a safer place, but she was actually making it a less safe space. And all of that technology that she was using and burning and and just like, I mean, she must have been extremely wasteful, not to mention there's no money left. She spent all the fucking money. So, so this, so there, you, you, you had said that like now she's going to realize that she's just a Joe Schmo. Now I don't, I, I don't think she's going to realize that she's a Joe Schmo. Well, no, but you were saying like in regards to her not her, right. Okay. Right. In regards to her not being immune to the law or to, to being held accountable, you know, because a lot of times people of that stature of that social stature do firmly believe that they're immune to getting held accountable for actions that affect people. But um, I find something quite extraordinary. I I think she's an extraordinary character. Oh, yeah. Um, What part of her chart would you say gives you a clue as to how persuasive she is? Oh, what a great question, Desi. So when you said Scorpio, you, you hit the nail on the head. So aside from her moon in Pisces and her sun in Aquarius, she has two what we call stelliums, right? So stelliums are when you have more than three or more planetary bodies in a particular sign. So she has two big stelliums. One is in Scorpio, one is in Capricorn. Let's break them down, okay? So first of all, her uh, Mercury is at 22 degrees Scorpio. I mean, no, sorry. 22 degrees Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Her Venus is at 10 degrees Capricorn and her Jupiter is at three degrees Capricorn. So what does this mean? I mean, you could argue that Capricorn maybe is like the number one boss bitch sign of the Zodiac, right? It is the goat, right? And so, so having a Capricorn Mercury with your Venus, with your Jupiter means that when she does play this role of like power femme, when she plays this role of authority when she plays this role of ambition and public communicator she does very well right um Mm -hmm. oh wait there was another interesting thing wait where was casanova in her chart okay okay here we go now check it right an asteroid yeah bitch on her mercury Mm -hmm. she has fama aka fame Mm -hmm. she has asteroid casanova aka the ability to you know get you to fall in love with her deuce yep and she has asteroid icarus on her lying too close to the sun isn't that crazy sarah that's actually really crazy that you say that because i watched this, this girl on on tiktok that likes to impersonate her and she said i girl one of her skits is i girl the boss too close to the sun Wow. That is exactly Exactly right, dude. Art says, right? So why did she have this ability to manipulate and influence? Because we know that when she uses her voice, not only does she get off on, you know, in a way, Icarus in in Capricorn is like maybe the other than maybe Aquarius, probably the most dangerous position because Capricorn really is like public power. Capricorn is the structure. It's the system. It's the government. It's the rules. So when she's flying too close to the sun, but she's using that, that sort of Casanova, you know, that fame and Casanova energy of like, oh, I could just, I know that I have the ability to charm. I know that I have the ability to, you know, appear to be 
high end and to appear to be above board. And she had no problem Mm -hmm. lying to save her public face. And we know that she is a natural charmer, right? Now, what's also interesting is that she has her Venus there, which means aside from the fact that she, you know, when you have your Venus in Capricorn, you like nice stuff. That's how I knew when we were talking to your friend the other day, I'm like, you really care about pillows and thread count because it's like, Uh they're a bit, you know, Capricorn uh, is a bit of a snob. You know, Capricorn cares a lot about things being high end. Capricorn cares about ambition. It cares about money. It cares about status, right? Uh So she has her Venus, which is also how she's using her beauty, aside from the fact that she's a cute blonde, wearing this outfit, wearing this costume to portray this power. You know, we have that working in her favor. Now check this out. We also have her Jupiter there, which means that when she takes on that position of power or when she does that public work, Jupiter is the planet that expands and grows and and is abundance, right? On her asteroid, I mean, on her planet Jupiter in Capricorn, we have asteroid, y'all ready for this, DNA. (laughs) Shut the up, dude. (laughs) Cannot make this shit up. Cannot make this shit up. Wow, homie. Right. Wow. That's actually, you know, you couldn't make it shit up. It couldn't be written if you tried. Like, so it's written written in the stars for me and for the listeners. And I am maybe you don't know this, but who who comes up with these names? Well, so that's that's the thing. I mean, is there like a society of astrology? They're named in all different ways. Like, so, you know, sometimes it's like the, the person that discovers the asteroid is the name but Got here's the thing sense. right Got it. what's what's kind of interesting about the whole asteroid conversation is like okay so hypothetically like even with certain things like lie the asteroid lie is actually technically named after the person who discovered it but because there are no coincidences and mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. is always spirit so like to me who names the asteroids spirit right right <laughs> so it's like it's like you know, I think part of even it's a perfect time to talk about it because we're going to talk about it at the moon you will later. But I think part of that Pisces, part of the Pisces Virgo axis or, or the Pisces Virgo axis is about sort of the dichotomy between reality and spirit and they influence each other. Right. So to me, the asteroids are, are even more phenomenal than if it was like, you know, um, because who could have written anything right like at the end of the day god or whatever you want to call it is writing all of this so it's like Mm -hmm. we have these human beings that are naming asteroids for whatever uh you know sometimes they are named like achilles is named for achilles you know right actor is named to be an actor right and but it's like science like sometimes they're discovered and the scientists decide what the name is or you'll notice a pattern and they'll be like, oh, that pattern is is sort of indicative of this old, um, you know, this old like, you know, parable or story. Sometimes also when they when they name asteroids, they'll look back historically and see where like so there's asteroid Roma. You know, you can look at like Roman Empire asteroids. You can look at Atlantis asteroids. You can look at, you know, so so it's it's a bunch of different things that actually allow us to name the asteroids. But in general, what I think is so phenomenal is that they're in certain times not named 
because of any particular, you know, like Icarus, for example, I know that Icarus is named Icarus. I, I read into that at one point because I got a lot of Icarus in my chart too, no shock, but it's like, it's like, it's a really fast moving asteroid. So like the asteroids do have their own sort of personalities where mm-hmm. you can go, mm-hmm. oh, this reminds me of, oh, there's a Hercules asteroid or, oh, there's a, you know, so that's sort of like, you know, and then there's also centaurs. There's all different uh, planetary mm-hmm. bodies that we give more or less attention to based on, you know, how relevant whoever's teaching it you know, can make it. Right. What I find just so phenomenal about the asteroids is that even if it wasn't meant to be, you know, lie was because her name was like Diane lie or something. But right, at the end right, of the right. fact that we got lie on Elizabeth's son is all I need to know. I mean, there's an asteroid, Sarah, we could look up. There's an asteroid Desi, like it's pretty fucking awesome. Okay. Now there's another crazy ass thing to answer your question. Wait, did you, well, what were you going to say? No, no, keep going. And then I want to ask you a question. Okay, so then you also say what what about her has the ability to, you know, um, manipulate and, and really get all of this power from people, right? Well, I'll tell you. She has another stellium in the sign of, you know what, you love it, Scorpio. So you were right when you're like, is her moon in Scorpio? It's like, no, it's not her moon, but she has her Pluto conjunct her Mars which in general is a very warlike, um, it's a very warlike uh, combination. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Pluto is death and rebirth. Pluto mm-hmm. is, it's probably like the, the, the deepest point of power in our charts. It is the power center of yeah. our charts and of the Zodiac. And it's a generational planet. So it's like you and I both also have our Pluto in Scorpio, but, you know, she has her Pluto conjunct her Mars in Scorpio. And then a few degrees away, she has her Saturn in Scorpio. So what does this mean? This means that she has her power center. She has her drive. She has her masculine energy and she has her karma and like the building box. Like Saturn is an interesting planet because it's like, it's, it's, it's a difficult planet unless you are using it like consciously. Right. So like a lot of people that were like, I, I happened to date a lot of people that were born in 1984, like Elizabeth, and they all have these, uh, Scorpio, I mean, these Saturn in, um, Scorpio. So what does that mean? That means on a karmic level, they're extremely familiar with and have to work through and work with the dark side. They have to work through. I mean, a lot of times there is abuse in their history or there is, you know, and what is the Scorpio Taurus access about power and money and Taurus being like safety and your stability and your money and sort of the, the, you know, the bank account that you build Scorpio is other people's money. Scorpio is, is, it's like right after Libra, right? So if Libra is marriage, Scorpio is what happens after you get married. It's the behind closed door. Wow. It's the That's dead body. It. It's the dead bodies at the bottom of the lake that actually looks gorgeous. And they're selling million dollar real estate because it's a safe place for your kids to play low key. There's fucking bodies down there. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, so Scorpio, right. the, is- the original owners of the land. Whoa. <laughs> right. It's like Scorpio is all about like hiding things and it's secrets and it's, it's, it's power, but from a very deep, it's from a very deep place. And it's from a place of almost like entitlement because there's a certain level of enmeshment that wherever anybody has Scorpio in their chart is feels enmeshed in whatever way to either the culture or to their own you know, witch work or behind closed doors, power, power moves or power grabs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me, when I look at this, Pluto, Mars and Saturn all in Scorpio, it means that she has a, a real 
thirst for and a almost like a karmic responsibility to in insidious dark ways gain power based on getting stuff from other people right it's it is sort of an abuse like it is a sort of abusive um stellium now get Mm. this on her mars directly on her mars we have two other asteroids that i thought were phenomenal and must be mentioned on her mars in scorpio which is conjunct her pluto and degrees away from her saturn we have asteroid savage aha get and out we of have here. Ast- asteroid savage and asteroid banks that's almost like um, i i feel like somebody is going to be like she's making this shit up dude i know but that's why you know what i mean like, isn't this crazy but how fucking wild is that she, she literally savage and banks on her mars pluto saturn she is literally here to get the money she is here to get other people's money she's here to ravage and savage the banks uh, asteroids man pretty wild asteroids, right asteroids so listen so you did mention you 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 had mentioned that there's some critical asteroids asteroid uh, activity in scorpio now i wanted to ask you do you think that there's any part of this woman who even in her private moments feels a little guilty because people uh, died sarah right do i think she feels guilty do you I think, think that there's any part of her that's like oh man like wowee what a mess no i do not, i i think that there's a part of her that is i think she's i think there's a part of her that's embarrassed and i think that sure. there is a part of her that um feels bad that the company was a failure but i don't think that she has any type of remorse mm-hmm. for like if anything she she regrets like the text messages that came out with Sunny, or she regrets right i think she regret doing certain things because now she is going to be held accountable but no i don't think that she i think that she in terms of her actual you know scorpio capricorn aquarius pisces i think she is like a little bit removed from empathy and you know it's interesting too that north node in gemini means that she's actually supposed to learn empathy like gemini is about understanding duality and mirroring and partnership and like you know kind of looking you looking learn at empathy oh you think you well think you can learn well, that's the other thing you're too, born where, with well i mean i guess you could i mean what do they do in treatment programs but it's like like i don't know i mean do you like is she a psychopath is she like how would you sociopath her you think she's a sociopath? And like, what does sociopath mean again? That you have no empathy, no capability to feel empathy. You just are like, that's part of the, pl- sorry. What can I think she's a sociopath. Right. You, you have no capability to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And that's why it's so easy to have victims. And like, even from the beginning of this whole story, though, like when you find out that that story that she told over and over and over oh, and about over the uncle and over again about the uncle, uncle died and we summered with him and, and it was so shocking and devastating. I, I Everybody is coming out and saying like they had a, she just used that. She used her uncle's death with someone we know that anyway, but she <laughs> took <laughs> that inside, but she took someone's death and turned it into her business platform and she took that story oh i'm gonna use this death to really now now i have a sob story and now people will connect with me but it's all very calculated it's like she's she's using the the costume of empathy to get people's money but but she's lying you know for such a long-term thinker because she can see she can project 
Um, she does. She did kind of, like I said, miss the minutia. There was, a, you know, there has to be a part of you that that or not has to. I mean, ideally, I mean, but that's empathy, right? Where you're making decisions and you're kind of going, OK, um, could I potentially be causing trouble here? You know? Yeah. But see, this is where it's like even with like the the uh, the what was it? The fire fest, the fire fast doc, like. When I watched oh, Firefest, fire, yeah. Fire, when I watched the Firefest doc, the first thought that I had was like, okay, this guy went through a coaching training program and was on Adderall. Because it's like there <laughs> is this sort of yeah. sense of like when you have these people who are doing what is like seemingly impossible. Like we 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 did our training program together. There is this sort of attitude of like leap and the net will appear or like declare it so like sell the program before you write the program like if you just if you decide it will happen right so we're looking at like even with like the we work guy like when we're looking at these cases of these fraudulent like white collar criminals doing fraudulent startups and actually just like getting people's money and blowing it there is some part of them like i actually when i watched the fry fest doc i was like oh this guy's an idiot who really did believe like if we just keep the day, sometimes that's I'm not right. ready for yeah. the manual, but I'm like, it's all going to work out. Right. Like, so there's this sort of, I mean, that's the other thing too, about like the, the Aquarius sun Pisces moon, she sort of has this um, relationship with faith and she has this relationship with like, I trust that it's all going to work out. Mm -hmm, or, I just mm -hmm. know, even if I can't see it or prove it, that it's possible. Right. So I think that like, I know I, I don't think that she I, I think that if there was any inkling in her mind, I mean, every single person at the company was telling her that this is not working. This does not work. I think that she had to delude herself and, and actually choose to believe. Yeah. But if we could just get a little more money and right, we keep right, working on right. it diligently. And, and I think that actually, if anything, it was like part of her, whether again, whether it was like completely for show or the way that she was lying to herself, I do think that she believed that if they kept working on it, it was going to work. Like, I, I think that right, she had exactly that, but like, no, she wasn't lying to people. I mean, that's the, the defense is using two things. Like, like right. they're basically saying thing. Number one is that failure is not fraud. So right, ultimately exactly. failed like many startups do, but it's not fraudulent because she really believed that if she kept working on it, it would become possible and it would save the world. Right. I think right. when you lie about something to yourself so, so, so much that you do start to believe it. Do you know what I mean? Right, it's almost like right. she had like, she, she had like CEO dysmorphic disorder or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's like what I think. And then the other thing that the, that the um, defense is trying to make the case for, and I loved this. I thought this was really fucking rich like very funny and night like go for it try it you guys they're basically saying that actually elizabeth has been in an abusive relationship okay yeah. so backstory for anybody that's not into this elizabeth started this company blah 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 she's making tons of money a couple years in she found herself in a position that she found herself quite a bit which was that uh oh the money's gone. We have no profit. We have no, uh, we have no uh, technology that works. We have nothing to deliver. Mm -hmm. I need to go mm -hmm. fundraise, right? Like what she was, was an expert fundraiser, right? So she, instead of making her job about actually getting the science right, she made her job about continuing to fundraise, which is all about, you know, story and empathy and, and just tugging on people's belief 
Pisces moon enough that people are like, okay, we're with you. We have faith in you. We believe in you. Right. So she was an incredible fundraiser, but when the company was at an ultimate low, uh, they got, I believe it was a $13 million. That's right. uh, Investment capital injection from her, which she did not disclose, but it was actually her boyfriend, Sonny Balwani. And then he became the number two at the company. And I think that that's also when people started to really start leaving at a rapid rate because he was, he was like massively abusive to the staff. So he was the kind of guy that was like, if you question us, we're going to shame walk you out of here and destroy your image. Right. We're going to, and he was like really into like power games and power plays. He would be like, meet me at this place at this time. Don't tell anyone. If you tell anybody, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to come after you. But then he would like park his Ferrari that had yeah, like, the his, name Porsche. Sunny, his Porsche that had a, a, yeah. a vanity plate in front of the restaurant. So it's like they're he, they're both just playing these like weird power <laughs> games, but they were together yeah. for many years before Theranos um, or before he was a part of the Theranos, uh, you know, like staff. Okay, so they so that's the so first of all, just real quick, because this is kind of important. How long had Elizabeth been running Theranos before Sonny came on? Just a couple years? I thought it was like five, but no, I might be wrong. Well, no, okay. So she started, I think he joined in 2013. I think she started it in 2009. I don't think it was that long after. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not sure. I'm making that up. We'll, We'll have to look at the exact dates, but I will say that what everybody at the company reported is that when Sunny showed up, her demeanor didn't change even slightly. Like right. it wasn't like she went from being this like goofy, She's like- too smart for that. Right, she, she wasn't this like goofy, empathetic CEO that then was being controlled behind the scenes. She brought in her boyfriend who said, okay, I'll pay for this, just keep getting money. And I'll take care of the people who are saying that it's not, that it's not legit. Like I'll, I will. So I don't think he was bullying her. I do think he was bullying the people that worked yeah, there, but was. I think she was too. They called him the enforcer and he was very rude to everybody. He treated the, you know, scientists that have been on, on, on massive, you know, very important boards and have gotten, you know, awards that really legitimize their career. He would just treat everyone like crap. Well, and what's really fucking fascinating about Sonny, when I look at Sonny's chart, so Sonny's, this is very rare. They were, so they're born, he, he's much older than she is. They're, it's almost like 20, 15 years her senior or 20. Well, it's, it's, well, I'll tell you, it's probably, I, I, what, I could do the math, but it's, I would guess that it's exactly 18 or 19 years her senior because wow. their South node and their North node are at the exact same degree. Oh my God. Wow, that's really that's profound. Same degree. That's why they understood each other so well, despite the cultural difference. Because he's isn't he um, Pakistani. Bawani, Pakistani? Not only the cultural difference, the generational difference, the background, everything. No, they were literally. This was a past life. Like it would be interesting, actually. I should plug in some of the like past life astrology things. Like it's almost like this is like a this is a story that has been played out in a past life where they were criminals together or experts together in past life. And they're actually here in this life specifically, I, I, I think specifically to get busted together. Like having the North Node, both of their North Nodes exactly in Gemini, both, but I'm not talking about like same sign. I'm talking about, I'm going to mute your pause, hold on. 
Pro, we're talking the exact same degrees. They both have their North Node at exactly 13 degrees Gemini, and they both have their South Node at exactly 13 degrees Sagittarius. The likelihood of that being the case is is unbelievable. I mean, it's truly like, wow, this is a faded relationship. Now, the other interesting thing too, when we look at their charts together, right? So uh-huh, you can look uh-huh. at the synastry of a chart where you see the, the charts on top of each other. When I look at the relationship, so when you then do the math and you combine the charts, it creates a third chart, which is the, the composite chart, the chart mm-hmm. of the relationship. Ready for this? Yeah. They have their, they have their asteroid karma, asteroid truth on their, uh, on the relationships, South node, and Neptune conjunction, right? So from a past life, they came in as experts pretending to to be the experts, Sagittarius, and we have truth, lie, and karma all in their south node uh, Neptune conjunction, right, as a couple. Then we have their moon and their Saturn conjunct with banks at 23 degrees Capricorn, meaning oh my this relationship, this relate, and it's on her Mercury. So like this relationship was actually like fueling the fire of her voice, fueling the fire of this public. They, they desire fame together. They mm-hmm. desire wealth mm-hmm. together. They desire being public figures. And then almost everything else in the chart, we have the sun conjunct the Chiron conjunct the Venus conjunct the Mercury all in Aries. So they literally as a couple are like out here just saying shit, right? Like Aries is like impulsive, just, you know, it's the, it's the first sign of the Zodiac. And then yeah. wouldn't you know, we have the Jupiter and the, well, there's, well, I won't get into too many of the asteroids, but we have Jupiter at 22 degrees um, Scorpio. I mean, two, two, 22 degrees Pisces. So this is, this full moon, is illuminating the amount of bullshit that the two of them, uh, it, you know, engaged in together. What this also shows me about the relationship is they had heavy passion in the relationship of mm-hmm, the, uh, mm-hmm. in the, in the they have their Mars in that makes sense. They have their Mars in Libra in the relationship chart. So like this, they had no. She was not being so. So basically, the defense on the first day was like. We want to make the case that Sunny was actually the controller behind the scenes. She was brainwashed. And like, you see her coming in now, she's wearing like, like light blue colors and like her mm-hmm, hair is a little mm-hmm. frizzy and like, she's just like not wearing any makeup and no, she's, she's like, getting blowouts. She's, 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 she's getting, like, right. Yeah. But right, she's looking very feminine. She's looking, she's like kind of trying to look sort Demure. of like her demure like now she's not with sunny and you can really see who she is like okay fat fat chance but the best part about it was then they actually led with the prosecution led with uh like full-on text exchanges between sunny and elizabeth in no way did it seem like they had even a remotely abusive relationship it was like extremely loving you are my world did somebody feed the birds they had they had pets 
they had pets that they were taking care of together. It was like, I, like he, I, I pulled them up before, but it was like, there's one where it's like, you are my son, my, like she's saying to him, like, you're my yeah. son, my moon, like you are my everything. You're the only, I mean, it was the most romantic motherfucking text exchange I have ever seen. And then there were also text exchanges where they're talking about like the collapse of the company and he's going like, like she's like, uh-oh, uh, you know, the Walgreens issue is becoming a thing. And he's like, I'll take care of it. Silence them all. It's like, bro, it's all written. Like, right, right, right. If she even tried to pull, I didn't know we were lying. No way. There are these texts between her and her lover talking about how they are going to approach lying. Which essentially is very out of character for somebody who truly understands like the how to manipulate because she's going to expose she's going to expose that aspect of it so playing that card when the actual like evidence shows differently it almost seems like it wasn't it wasn't a decision she made it's almost like a decision that was made by her legal team on her behalf well what do you mean so okay so you like, show like up showing to, the text messages you're saying right well you're, you're trying to say i got manipulated well, no her I legal got... team didn't show the text messages it was the prosecution the legal team was her legal team was saying this was an abusive relationship and the That's prosecution I mean, yeah. is going no we have the text exchange right they got subpoenaed they had to turn all that years stuff years worth of years worth of lovey-dovey <laughs> and it's funny because when they ask her about it she goes i don't remember what i was texting five years ago Bro, okay, well, that's the other thing. So they- She was pleading the fifth. She was pleading the fifth all she the whole said, time. I don't, every single question that they have asked her so far- I don't remember. Any deposition is, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I don't remember. I don't, yeah, there is right. no way in hell that not only does she not remember sexting at the office, but when they're like, so when, because even those other things, like she was saying at um, conventions where she was fundraising and she would, we have been- you know, we, they, we have been used during war times. We have been in medevac. They were like, we were in in medevac helicopters on the field, uh, on the, you know, in Afghanistan, like. Then the woman's like, okay, like did, did any Theranos Edison device ever actually, uh, you know, go to Afghanistan? And she sort of tries to play the, I don't know. And then it's like, no, it didn't. And so they ask her, they actually like, the only things that she couldn't say, I don't know to, the things that they directly quoted her saying, you said that Edison was doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, she was going, no, okay, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. That's not true. Then, but then when they're like, okay, so how many, they're like, how many, uh, you know, how many, uh, you know, you said that, that you know, 90% of these test samples are coming back successfully. How many would you say actually were coming back successfully? She plays the like, well, I don't really know. Like, I don't have the data. I don't have the data. And then, and then it ended up being, her answer was like tens. So the woman's like, so like under a hundred yeah. like or 20, she's like, yeah, like 10 or 20. Like, so in the grand scheme of this whole like multi-year uh, claim that they were saving the planet. They had like a handful of tests that actually worked. Like none of them worked. And when they were in Walgreens, what they were doing was really sinister. I didn't even remember the video part, but low key, what they were doing was taking the blood sample and then running it to Quest Diagnostics. And right. if they ever in public had successful uh, results, it was because they were using real blood tests. Like, right, oh right. They were going the original God. route, right? The tried and true route. Right. So like, um, right. So now that you mention it, it, to do it, 
Right. So, yeah. So a lot of what the discussion was like, the reason why it was so revolutionary is because it's such a little bit amount of material, but there really isn't literally enough plasma to be able to test for so many things. I assume that when you're testing. And it's also different tests. There's different tests that you would look for for different things. Right, right, right. And so I wonder, I assume like like once you go to start testing blood, you manipulate it. So you can't use the same blood for different sort of, I don't know. I don't know. Well, she said, they said in the podcast that like, if they ever needed to, they were like basically watering it down. So they were like adding water, which actually literally dilutes the sample. Right. So like when the machine was getting results, even though 90% of the time they were wrong, if anything, they were diluted. They weren't actually pure blood samples. It's so crazy. Wow, that is really wild. So so with all that being said, uh, and then we'll have to do follow-ups, obviously, because this is an ongoing case. Yeah, every Tuesday, the, the, the podcast is going to do another release. I mean, I will say there were two really funny headlines that I did notice that I think are just worth, worth mentioning. And then we can wrap up because we've got a manual to do and your baby's got to eat. Okay, so number one. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I, so, so now she is married to this guy, Billy Evans, who is, right. a, is an heir of whatever kind. Eight so years, her junior, by the way. You know what? She goes up, she goes down. She don't want anybody <laughs> her own age. Nobody her own age allowed. Okay. But what's really funny. So there was a headline uh, when, the, when the trial first started, finally, after all these years and the baby, whatever. There was, um, there was like a concerned citizen who was basically like harassing the the reporters and harassing like basically like like kind of like paparazzi but but they were like basically going like they were trying to see basically what it came out as is that this quote-unquote person was trying to see if the media was actually going to report fairly but he had this whole story where he's like I'm Herbert I'm a mechanic I'm just worried about this he, he was basically saying like I'm I'm team Elizabeth and he was you know, and it was weird. He was like this, this guy who was there at the court okay, every day. Left field, like Basically nobody knows what them. he's doing there type of thing. Okay. Then when the trial officially, officially started, he, this guy walks in with them. It turns out that was her husband's dad. Oh no, he's on the field. So that's the Yo, line. This whole family is really bought into Elizabeth. This is what I'm saying. She is extraordinary. Well, no, but see, that's where it's like, to me, it's more of like an Ivanka and Jared Kushner situation, which is like, oh, they were both raised by demented criminals. They just think right. demented criminals are normal. Right, right, right. right? Okay. Yeah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, this is the headline. There are no CEO Elizabeth Holmes' father-in-law posed as, quote, concerned citizen in first few days of her fraud child to mingle with the media and ensure she was getting fair press. How fucking funny is that? He was lined up outside the courtroom courtroom at 5 30 a.m on the days of jury selection he was cagey when they were asking about why he was there he was literally lying he, he had a whole story where he was like i'm a mechanic i live nearby blah 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 blah, blah. and then <laughs> when the trial actually started she said he said like they said like all the reporters were like oh my god it's that dude right hilarious second really funny thing that i read he's was- lucky nobody was asking him any automotive questions on the spot <laughs> For real, <laughs> maybe maybe he picked automotive because it's like a secret hobby. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But okay, so the other really funny thing is that also during the jury selection period, there were all of these like Elizabeth Holmes stands showing up in cosplay, dressed as Elizabeth Holmes to show her support. Again, on the day that the trial officially oh, yeah, that's right. started. 
it turned out they were like all her friends and family. So her side of the, how fucking fun, I wish we could get an image of that. Her side of the courtroom is not only, you know, her husband and her parents, but it's the fake heckler. It's the heckler. It's the ensemble. Everybody gets an Oscar. And then it's 10 people that are dressed exactly like her in her, the turtleneck and the, she literally has so everyone's going like wow the public seems to be really interested and really loves her and like there's a lot of interest in her it's like no those are her friends and family dressed as her and so now the entire side of the courtroom while the case is going on is filled with people doing elizabeth holmes cosplay but they're with her it's not just random people you know what and that when you you're you're this concept of the public is is really uh kind of enmeshed with this woman i think that if she had not, if she had played cards better with the employees, I think that the public uh, disbanded from her because that there were so many people with more their moral fibers intact. You know what I mean? Um, who came out to say like we were fighting for the truth? We were fighting for the truth. If she had been more strategic, right? If she had been smarter about dealing with the people on the inside and sort of diminished the list of victims to perhaps the poor, sick ones that, you know, oops, it didn't work, but that's the process, right? This would have looked. This could have gone much better in her favor. Oh. I think what started happening was that. You know, there were people who really did want to protect, um, you know, just the truth. Uh, right. I mean, at a certain point, it's like a serious moral and ethical issue. I mean, that's yeah. what all the employees are saying that, like, they actually didn't even like hate her or have a problem with her. When they all started to have a problem with her is when they were coming to her and saying the scientists, the research team, every single person on the staff was saying, Elizabeth, this this isn't working. And she was going, it will work get out of my office. Right. And then the other interesting thing from the podcast that I thought was worth noting and why it's like, she, she really is a sociopath. One of the guys who was one of her, one of her head designers for a while, she fired him and they had a really, a really bad uh, ending. Like they had a very volatile ending. He was firing people on the spot. She was like, everybody them. If anybody said anything, if anybody, there was like a rule, like if you come to us and say that the science isn't working, instead of doing your job and making the science work, you're fired, right? And she was also, so this guy got fired. He was being stalked. So she had people, she and Sonny had people following this dude around. He was scared for his life. And then like a year later, he was at like a Panera or something with his Mm -hmm. wife. Mm -hmm. And they noticed that she's in the restaurant and they're like, oh my God. And the wife's like, are you going to say hi? And he's like, no, no, like keep your head down. Like, I don't want to talk to this bitch. Like we ended on a really bad note. I think she's sued him it was like there was like a lot of messy shit and she walked over to the table and was like oh hi mm-hmm. would love to get coffee sometime and catch up I and miss it you if I it want never, you to be part of my I miss life you. Right. Oh, yeah. she said I miss you I want to be part of my life and like if you want your job back like as if nothing ever happened no 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 at that point there no, she said job back no it didn't there was no job Oh, 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 that, okay. Maybe in that part of the story, right. It was already over. Yeah. But she went, she went to him and said like, would love to catch up. Let's get coffee. Yeah, and then what was so right? interesting is that he said that for a split second, he's because he, look, anybody that worked there is heartbroken. Really believed in her. They believed in her and they wanted to be a part of this really exciting. It's like, you know, when you start dating someone and you're like, oh my God, they have this, they have that. They promised me this. And it's like, even when they turn out to be a mm-hmm. dud, like want to hold on to those first like honeymoon diggers where you're like oh damn you know like it's it's a it's a hard loss right he said that there was even a part of him after all of that now the company has has been uh you know collapsed dissolved and he 
she sued him. She he left in an incredibly um, abusive, or he had her, or she had him leave in an incredibly abusive way. And then they were like stalking and threatening him for her to walk over to him and say, "I would love to get together sometime and just catch up. I miss you. I love you." He said that for a split second he was like conflicted because he was like, "I miss her too." Mm, yeah, yeah. Like yeah wanted to he he was saying like i so badly wanted to believe that there was something that she could say that would redeem her in my eyes or that would allow us to still be in relationship and then he's like i had to come to my senses and just say like i i can't because it's just so toxic it's so fucking toxic yeah well I that's mean, like fucking crazy that's sort of the problem i guess when you are manipulating people on the basis of story because you are playing to their deepest emotional needs wants values you know and so it stays i mean you are you're there to stay you know what i mean like that's the point so like that's why it's like use your powers for good right because when i say she's phenomenal i mean the the oh no she's phenomenal she's, she's so a talent her eccentricity is so well done you know, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and now I'm really, really curious to see what her voice is going to sound like in court. Bro, I can't wait to hear her speak. I hope she's like, hey, guys, I was <laughs> by Sunny into not using a low voice. I'm like, actually, so this is really what I sound yes. like. <laughs> now she has like a now she has like an L.A. Yeah, like yeah, a vocal like Hey, guys. Well, well, do you remember that one part where they're talking to a girl she went to school with and, and they used to talk about how she was actually um it was kind of nasally and annoying. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a nasal annoying but, voice. They said. But she was oh. very nice. They said, "Well, I'm sure she's very nice." That's the thing. people get a you. You don't, you know that. What is it like buttering people up? Like if yeah, you're gonna actually be a total fucking delusional liar, you had better be motherfucking nice. You know, like thousand percent. I mean, okay. So there's one last question that I would like to ask you, and then we can wrap up, and I'll meet you at the Munuel at six. Perfect. So there's a lot of headlines now that are coming out that are saying basically like this is sexism at work. And they're saying, oh. you know, if she wasn't a woman, this would not be getting any attention. It would just be called a failure. If she wasn't a woman, we wouldn't be um, scrutinizing her so hard. We wouldn't be so obsessed. We really want to see a, a woman CEO go down or other people are saying this is sad for women CEOs. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't agree that the crux of them going after her is sexism. I think that Sonny's also involved and he's he's facing exact same charges. Right. Right. So right. so right, the, right there, you can undercut the whole sexism theory. If anything, it's sexism that she's trying to use. Like she's trying to claim abuse. Right, 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 right. She's, if That's anything, she's using sexism. Right, right. Um, I do, though, and did have this sentiment from the beginning that I, I it's unfortunate that it's coming from female leadership. And I use that word just in the sense that she did. She was the leader. Right, right. She was the first billionaire startup founder. Yeah. So but yeah. I, I, it's already such a it's already treacherous waters for women to rise in the ranks in in, in many industries, particularly in tech. Right. Um, particularly in medicine, these super, super masculine sects, you know, of business and life. And you have this person who just could not help but use her powers for evil. And, you know, the same person who, you know, if she was, if she had spent, you know, an iota of that time in, going into the, the scientific aspects of what she was doing, she could have 
it could have something could have come out of this massive imagination and capability right. to to put together. You know, see, the issue is it would have her board. What'd you say? Henry Kissinger was on her board. Oh, dude, the board was stacked. And they like, until the very end, there was that story where, um, who was it? One of the, the, the kid who was a whistleblower, uh-huh. his father, who was like a very, his grandfather, who he like lived with, was At Elizabeth, Stanford. like number one Stan from Stanford. And the, the son, the grandson was literally saying like, dad or papa, papa, this shit is not true. And the grandfather was siding with Elizabeth yeah. and was saying, don't you dare come into my house and, and tell me about, you know, making investments in startups. You don't know what you're talking about. And, yeah. and he wrote a, he wrote a letter to his grandfather just saying like, I am really hurt that at the end of the day, you chose to believe this person. And, and what he was saying was like, at the end of the day, it's about ego and money. So like none of the investor investors wanted her to be wrong because it would actually be, you know, skin on their or blood on their hands. And it would be, you know, it would be their, you know, their loss, literally. Right. Like it would actually look bad on them. And then they also, you know, from an ego place wanted, they were so excited and proud to be supporting this like revolutionary female. Like they wanted to be on record as being on her team to the point where they actually stopped taking into consideration when their family, when their the grandson that lives with him is saying, Papa, she's abused me and she's lying. And he's going, kid, you don't understand how this works. It's like, oh my God, like that Which, is- Which by so the famous. way is an extremely masculine trait. Right. Oh, totally. Like, forget the facts in service of power. Well, that's where it's also like when you listen to the whole story, the women on the podcast who are happy to be interviewed, it's like a bunch of different like professors or mentors who are all women who from the beginning were saying this isn't going to work. This is a bad idea. And she didn't listen to any women. She only listened to the men who were like Mm -hmm, dazzled mm -hmm, by her. mm -hmm. And then they were like, okay, right. right. The women were like, this isn't going to work. Don't move forward with this. I do support, you know, fledgling entrepreneurs, but this ain't it. Go back to the Mm -hmm, drawing board. And mm -hmm. she was like, bye, I'll show you. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. If anybody was really wielding the hammer of sexism, it was just, it was Elizabeth. She was using it to her advantage. To her advantage. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I I think I guarantee that if this had been uh, a male, again, Sonny's right there sitting next to her. Right. But I I think that it's because uh, innocent and vulnerable people were involved. Um, I think that that's that was the beginning of the end is when she started using cancer patients. That was it. That was the beginning. Right. When you're actually using cancer patients as your test subjects and you're lying to them, talk about like and you that's ill intent. That is ill intent. And you know, it was for her, it was a sort of last last ditch effort to get uh notoriety and legitimize herself. Um, but she was knowingly putting people in um, 1000, but it is so like, like real rich that she's sitting there in the, in the lawyer's office and in the courtroom going, I don't remember. Oh, and that's the other piece. I paid the fifth. All of the data results somehow have disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. And everybody's pointing the finger at each other. Like that one yep. meme of the three Spider-Mans that are all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought Sonny was taking care of it. I thought Brian was taking care of it. I thought Elizabeth was taking care of it. It's like somebody got we rid of the information. Right and that now. is not, that is not because they had 
really good. They, they didn't have any proof that any of this shit worked. So the least that they could do is get rid of the, the proof that it didn't work and then plead the fifth. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, um, what do you, on a final note, what are your predictions for how this is going to play out? What do you think? And then I'll tell you what I think. So, I mean, like in court, how is the trial going to play out? What do you think is going to happen? Right. Okay. So like, I sort of think that, well, okay. So side note, it is interesting too, in terms of jury selection, uh, there's 19 year old sitting on the jury. Well, and it's all white. It's all white people. All right. Yeah. There's not a single person of color. Yeah. And, um, they keep having issues with the jury too, because people are coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, actually I worked for this company that was her accounting firm or, oh, actually I was involved. So people are like, we've never heard of her. And then they're like, well, actually I sort of was involved. So they're having trouble even keeping the jurors in place. Yeah, I think the fact that she has a baby could be the only thing exactly. that I think it's possible that she will get convicted, but that they will do like house arrest or something exactly what I think or or that like I mean I think for her that would be best case scenario I think I would be sort of surprised if they didn't on some level try to plead insanity because even though technically she's obviously totally fucking with it yeah but they could be like she's literally delusional yeah but pleading insanity in a case is extremely hard to pull off it's a it's a Oh, my God. It's very, very, very difficult. There have been very little cases where that has worked. One of, one of the only ones that I know of is Andrea Yates, who who drowned her four yeah, sons yeah. in the tub. But it's but there is a lot of medical um, evidence that she had gotten postpartum depression. So it's very hard. Insanity is not going to be a thing. Doesn't have any. I mean, I guess that is what will be interesting. Like if they come out of the woodwork with like, okay, that there were certain diagnoses or, or, you know, maybe she was you know, uh, like bipolar or, or, you know, something where it was like, oh, she was acting from like delusional mania or, or something, but there would have to be records of it. I think they're going to say, you know, she didn't cash out. She didn't cash out her shares, which is they're already sort of touting. And they're going to say, but they're trying to say that she didn't get anything out of it. It's like, ah, she's still living in like a billion dollar sprawling mansion. You know, well, that belongs to her new dude. Right. But um, I think that, right, I agree with you completely. Best case scenario, she's going to be in a situation where she has, where she's at home. uh, And I could see her getting like a 16 year house arrest or something. Oh, okay. This is what I want to say. So the same prosecutor from Bernie Madoff, right? He was saying like, one thing that could work in her favor is that, you know, so Bernie Madoff from the jump, it was like the biggest Ponzi scheme in history, but he never at any moment made it seem like not only he, he wasn't working for the greater good. And he also had no, no interest in addressing. So he situation. was like literally just playing people. He just made off with everybody's money. You know, I mean? <laughs> but I think in her case, they're going to try to push the narrative that she is genuinely, she genuinely tried to pursue something in service of humanity and it just didn't work. And it was that ambition to serve the world that kept her going, kept her going. And if she did lie, it's because it was that ambition to serve the world. And if she asked to, you know, and then they're going to point to like, well, it's not like Elizabeth kicked the door down and was using cancer patients. There were experts who let her in, right? Like they're going to point the finger at, look at all of these 
like literal, you know, experts that uh, that were part of this equation. Well, and it's really interesting, too, because when they're talking about the little the literal experts, what you come to find out is that they all got lied to. They all got lied to, but they didn't do their due diligence. Right. They just like I I think the guy that killed himself. I think the guy that killed himself actually was working. He was like the in between. I think he was actually a Walgreens guy, not a Theranos guy. And or maybe that was a different guy. But there was somebody on the pod that was talking about how he was working on behalf of Walgreens and Walgreens fired him because he was saying, I don't think we should go through with this deal. I haven't. I am the person inspecting the technology. I have not seen any proof that this works. And Walgreens, because they were so excited about what it would do for their brand. Yeah. Were like yeah. you're fired because. We want it like so. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people to be held accountable here, because at the end of the day, if even if she is lying to people, if it, if if there are people that are going and trying to find out whether or not this in fact works or doesn't work, when they're finding out it doesn't work, they're they're getting fired too. So right. everybody on the high corporate level really wanted this to be a financial win for all the brands. And I mean, I think like long-term, what I hope is that it does just change the way that we, because, because, okay. So what I think is possible is that they're going to try to use other examples of startups that continued to fundraise while the product, like maybe they could even go into Apple and say like, you know, for X, Y, Z amount of years, they were, they were producing lemons. They were producing duds. It wasn't a, a, you know, a good personal, you know, there was years where Bill, that's why Bill Gates is so neck and neck with uh, jobs because there were times when Microsoft was actually far beyond like the technology of what Apple was doing, even if it was what Apple was claiming that they were doing, they weren't. So I think they might yeah, use, but they might try to find other examples of people who were continuing to fundraise. And for the sake of the culture of the way that it works in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley is yeah. that we are, we have okayed the culture of lying X, Y, Z times. So why would she think it was any different? But at the end of the day, I hope she goes down. I hope she gets got. You cannot be rewarded for lying. And what I was going to say before is I do hope that it changes the culture of investing in Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we should not be putting money towards, you know, novel um, inventions that are going to change the, the face of humanity in the world as we know it. But I do think that there need to be much, much more um, diligent, you know, just checks and balances systems. And there need to be certain things that you have got to prove in order to keep going. Like you shouldn't be able to just keep lying, keep lying, keep lying. When it gets to the point that you're actually working with patients and the machines are in Walgreens, a crime has been committed, period. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not in the R&D phase. We're not in, we're not giving her money to keep researching because this is something that works. We're giving her money because clients, it wasn't just investors. Clients were giving her money because they were buying a product that she knew didn't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but but you hit the nail on the head. Like a lot of those people who were, who were behind it actually did get fully duped. So there, there is an aspect of like, no, 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 but- the majority of them just took her word for it. Took her word for it. And they, I think that the the the, lar- the larger argument is like, that's how things, that's how things go in Silicon Valley. Right. That's the, that's what they're pointing at is like, that's just how it is. That's business. That's how it is. Everybody's lying until everyone fakes yeah, it. Until they make it here. Wow. It's really fucked up when you get to a point where you can just attribute ruining lives to that's life. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where's but I do think I need that level of confidence. <laughs> yeah, right. Lol. Our businesses would be way fucking better if we were cool, which is like straight up lying oh, to people. That's funny. Desi, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you? How do they find you? Yeah. Instagram at Desiree Handel, D-E-S-I-R-E-E underscore H-A-N-D-A-L. You heard Come it. Desiree Handel is her handle. Sorry. That is, the handle is my handle. Baby. Come find me. Let's have fun. And, and every Sunday, Desi and I do a live stream that we take down immediately because it is so crass and um, uncouth. <laughs> but if you want to tune in live, follow at the Moonule and put on notifications so you know when we go live on Psycho Sunday. And eventually we'll have like our own like Patreon or something. But we can't be that public because we are honestly loose lipped motherfuckers and we're saying whatever. But it's very fun. So come on loose over. Lips, to the moon dude. <laughs> in okay, all cool. senses of the word. Okay. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and your rings. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs>